This morning we're going to talk about the cost of change. How many of you have ever heard the statement, anything worth something is going to cost you something? Right? It's going to cost you something. If you want muscles, it's going to cost you time, sweat, and pain to get some muscles, right? If you want, if you want a, a healthy heart, it's going, to, it's going to cost you some exercise, some eating right, and some lowering of your stress. Come on. Right? If, you, if, you're going to, if you're going to work on something, it's going to require some tools. Not just any tools, but good tools. Harbor freight tools don't work. They break down after a little while. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? If, you, if, you, if you're going to buy some tools to do a, a good job, you're going to have to buy some good tools. It's going to cost you good money. If you need a truck, you just soon buy a good truck because a cheap truck might not get the job done. And a good truck's going to be a... Y'all saw that? Y'all saw? That's called self-control. It's a new thing for this year. Yeah, see? It's going to cost you good money. And so uh, <clears throat> if you want a great marriage, it's going to cost you a whole lot of time and money. And then it's going to cost you more money and more time and then a little more money and a lot more time. Right? You can't just say I do and expect to have a, a great marriage the rest of your life. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you a couple buddies probably. Most guys don't want to get married because they don't want to lose their buddies. Right? And so it's going to cost you something. Here's the reality. The reality is, is we all need to change something somewhere in our lives. Amen? Every one of us. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, something's got to change. Mm-hmm. Don't say it too loud. You might start a fight this morning. So let's talk about the cost. And I want to show you the cost in, in, in two different examples. I want to show you the cost in Simon, James, and John's life. And, and by the way, Simon is, is, would later be referred to as Peter. And so I want to show you uh, the, the cost in, in Simon, James, and John's life. And then I also want to show you the cost in the rich young ruler's life. Go with me to Luke chapter 5 in your Bibles. Luke chapter 5. If you didn't bring a Bible, it's okay. We, we put it on the screen for you. We love you that much. We'll put it on the screen. And I want you to see something while I'm reading this, verse 1 to 11. I want you to see what it costs Simon, James, and John to experience real change in their life. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied. Listen to how he says this. Master, we worked hard all night, all last night, and we didn't catch anything. But if you say so, I'll let my nets down again. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever read the Bible and try to understand the expressions and the emotions in the Bible? I mean, I used to read this all the time, and I would just read through it and never really understood the expressions or the emotions. And listen to me, Peter and, or Simon and those guys were working all night long. And this teacher shows up, and just because he's got a good crowd and they're pressing in on him, they decide to use his boat. 
He steps into the boat. He pushes it a little bit further out. They were in the middle of washing their nets, getting ready for the next night, trying to finish up to do what? Get home, get some supper, and go to bed. Right? Ever been in that situation before? And all of a sudden, this teacher shows up. (laughs) And Simon, honestly, Simon's a little begrudging. He's just, ah, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Incredible story. Very incredible story. It cost them something, though. And this morning, I want to pull out what it cost them. The first thing it cost Simon was the use of his boat. You say, well, that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too expensive. It just cost him the use of his boat. Do you know how many people, I wish I could, I could actually accurately count how many people are a part of our church simply because they came to fix the air condition or the printer or the plumbing or to paint. They came to the church or to one of your houses to provide a service and in the process now belong to the body of Christ. You never know what God's going to do when you let him use your stuff. Come on, that's good preaching. I don't care what you say. Uh, You never know what's going to happen when you let God use your stuff. So so Simon said, okay, that's fine. Yeah, you you can use my boat. And he pushed the boat out and Jesus taught from the boat. The second thing it cost Simon, watch this one. You're going to love this one, was his pride. It cost Simon his pride. Well, how did it cost him his pride? Simon was a professional fisherman. He fished just about every day in his life. He was professional. Jesus was known at that time as a teacher. He's a great teacher. So think about the greatest teacher you know. And them coming into your profession and telling you how to do your profession. Jesus jumps in his boat, teaches, and then he looks at Simon and says, hey, man, how about you push back out there into the deep and cast your nets again? Ah, come on, man. You've been working all night. How many of you just let's just get real this morning. How many of you just felt that way? When Jesus has asked you to do something, just be honest, just be real. It's a real emotion, right? It's a real, it's a real attitude. But watch this. He didn't let his attitude determine his outcome. He said, if you want me to drop the nets, I'll drop them again. A teacher's telling the professional what to do. I mean, I don't know if you're seeing this or not, but I saw it. And I thought it was pretty incredible because Peter had to swallow his pride. Peter could have easily stood up and said, look, bro, let me tell you something. 
The reality is we fished for 12 hours last night. There's not a fish in this water right now. They're going to be back at 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, I can guarantee you. If he was in South Louisiana, it would have a little Cajun influence on that. Meshiah, you better get out of my boat. My wife's cooking gumbo tonight. I'm going home and eat. You can come catch me tomorrow night. I'll throw them nets out again, but I ain't throwing them nets out again tonight. Right? It would have been a whole different story. But he did. And watch what happened when he did. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Man, we never know what's on the other side of our obedience, right? You never know what's on the other side of your obedience until you choose to go there. Amen? You never know what's going to happen. It didn't make sense. Peter probably couldn't even comprehend what this teacher was telling him to do. Throw my nets out. Come on, man. Okay, I'll do it again. Just because you said so. And in an act of obedience, Peter catches the catch of a lifetime. (laughs) It cost him his pride, though. He had to swallow his pride. His buddies come and watch this. This is what's so incredible is that when God starts to touch your life, he's going to bring your buddies into the mix so they can see what's going on with you, right? So that they can come too. That's just how God works. He'll touch your life and then he'll touch everybody that you know's life, right? So you need to be aware that, that not only is God touching your life, but he's working through you to touch the people around you, Right? And they need to see something change inside of you. They need to see something different in you than they, than they saw before you, before you met Christ. Amen? And so, so they do this. The buddies come in. All of a sudden, all of them are amazed. Simon falls to his knees and says to Jesus, get away from me because I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. Do you remember that verse that says it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance? That's the perfect example. The goodness of God drew Peter or Simon to repentance. Simon, after he obeyed Jesus, receives the catch of a lifetime and quickly afterwards falls into his knees and says, Lord, get away from me. I'm too much of a sinner. You seeing this? The third thing, it cost Simon, James and John. And you're going to love this one. Everything. It cost them everything. Listen to how my Bible reads it in verse 11. It says, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I want you to underline if that's in your Bible, as soon as. Because to me, there's something important in the as soon as in the scripture. There should be an urgency to change. There should be an urgency to represent Christ. There should be an urgency to live a holy and pure life. There should be an urgency about us. Not, you know, well, the Lord's changing me a little at a time. These cats hit the bank, drop their nets, and follow Jesus. He never once says, I'm the Messiah. Come follow me. He never once says, I I came down from heaven. All they knew was that he was a teacher. They dropped their nets and they followed after him, left everything. 
Isn't that amazing? To follow Jesus and to experience real life change, it's going to cost you everything. That's why it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What is it costing you? It is costing you a confession that Jesus is now the Lord of your life and you are no longer that Lord. It's going to cost you everything. Let's not, let's not skip around the truth. It's going to cost you everything. But what was the result of them giving up everything? Well, for the next three years, they get to follow Jesus every day. Think about this. Every day they get to follow Jesus. They would continue to change. Peter was constantly being rebuked, right? He was called Satan. He would mess up the, 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 uh, the, the transformation on the mountain. He, would, he I mean, he just messed up all kinds of stuff, but he was constantly being changed. And then, and then they would witness Jesus' death and resurrection firsthand. I mean, we read it through the book, okay? And we can have an experience with that to some degree. But these guys were there. They carried the weight of that emotion. They experienced it. They, Peter was the one who had breakfast with Jesus on the bank whenever Jesus he came out of the grave before he ascended into heaven. It was Peter who sat down and brought his fish and had, had breakfast with Jesus on the bank. They would be the first to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They would, they would spend the rest of their lives building the church that God sent his son for. Peter preaches the first message to the first church and 3,000 people get saved. And that's a, that's a long ways away from a fisherman, right? Far away from being just a fisherman. God used him in a mighty way and changed his life forever. These guys didn't even wake up that morning or that night thinking that this would be the first day of the rest of their life. Right? We never know what's on the other side of our obedience until we get there. Making sense so far? Go with me to Luke chapter 18. I want to show you another example. So these guys obey Jesus and they, they experience all these things and, and they have... I mean, they're, they're living with the living word of God. They're living with God himself, in a sense, for three and a half years. And they're walking with him every day. And then God uses them to build this church. I mean, just an amazing time. And you never know. You never know. Chapter 18, verse 18. Let's look at a different example. The rich young ruler. Once a religious, religious teacher asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. You know those things. I'll never forget. I was helping a young, a young girl one time memorize the Ten Commandments. And she was memorizing and she would come to the house and she would quote them to me. And I'd make her quote them over and over again because repetition is how you memorize. And she, the first time she goes, thou shalt not admit adultery. <laughs> I said, time out. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> Let's correct that one right now. <laughs> thou shalt not. Anyway. 
That just popped in my head. The, the man replied, I've carefully obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Key verse, verse 23. But when the man heard this, he became sad. Wow. He became sad for he was very rich. It was going to cost him everything. His reputation, his status, what people thought about him, his future plans. It was going to cost him everything. And in that moment, he had a decision to make. Now, now, now pay attention to this. He's the one who approached Jesus. Jesus didn't approach him. He came to Jesus trying to figure out a way to be on Jesus' team because he saw amazing things happening in and around Jesus. And he says, how can I get on your team? Oh, let me tell you how you're going to get on my team. Not by, not by obeying all the rules. But by giving up everything to follow me. You know what that means? By making me the Lord of your life. By trusting me with all of your stuff. By trusting me and not yourself anymore. Wow. It's crazy. Peter's standing by and Peter, we just heard the story of Simon Peter. He's now Peter. When Jesus, when Jesus saw this, he said, how hard is it for rich, the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Don't misinterpret that. Those who heard this said then who in the world can be saved? He replied, what's impossible for people is possible with God. Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied. And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will, and will have eternal life in the world to come. Now watch this. Peter didn't know that. James didn't know that. And John didn't know that when they dropped their nets and followed Jesus. They didn't know. That was the first time Jesus said this. They didn't realize that. So, so what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say don't, don't drop everything to try and get more. This is not an investment strategy. Are you with me? It's follow after Jesus. Don't worry about your stuff anymore and watch and see what he does. That's why the Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If you'll focus on Jesus, he's going to focus on you. Amen. Peter was like, man, we, we, we gave up all this. And Jesus goes, yeah, I know, Peter, but you know what? You're going to be repaid way more than you ever gave up. But the sad thing is this, is that the rich young ruler walked away sad and he never got to experience the other side of his obedience. He never got to experience the laying down of his life and all of his possessions to follow Jesus. Who knows what the story would read if he does, if he says, okay, I'm going to sell everything. I'm going to sell out and I'm going to follow you. Could have been one of the greatest stories in the Bible. Who knows? I guess we'll never know. Not while we're here on the earth. Right? But so goes our story. And apply this to ourselves this morning. 
The same deal is on the table right in front of us. Are you willing to follow me and give up everything? Yeah, but pastor, what does that mean? That means this. You simply put Jesus before everything else in your life and you trust him. And if he says to sell it, you sell it. If he says to give it up, you give it up. If he says to walk away from it, you walk away from it. Right? That's what you do. You lay it at his feet and you say, Lord, I surrender everything that you've ever given me. I surrender it to you now. I just want you. I just want to follow you. And watch and see what he does. Because what you're doing is you're saying to Jesus, I trust you more than I trust myself. I trust you more than I trust my possessions. I trust you more than I trust my wealth. What's it going to cost you to follow Jesus? What's it going to cost you to experience real life change? Everything. Everything. Sometimes it starts with the little thing. And then it works its way into the big thing. But wherever you're at today, I want to encourage you. Don't be like the rich young ruler. I don't want you to walk away sad. I'm your pastor. I want you to walk away rejoicing. Right? Peter saw things that that nobody else has probably seen following Jesus. Because he sold everything or he gave up everything to follow Jesus. He lived a full, rich life. The question this morning is this, and I'm going to wrap it up. What's keeping you from pushing your boat into the deep water and casting out your nets again? Yeah, but pastor, I tried that. You know what? I, I, I was dedicated. I, I gave my life to Jesus. And you know what? I served in church and I, I quit doing all these things for a while. But you know what, man? That, that just gets old. How many times I've heard that story since I've been in Eunice? Too many times. I've been there. I've, I've done that. Good. Are you done? I've heard it too many times. Too many people got a little touch from God and thought they were good. 